This is the Morning Sports Desk for Monday, July 31st. All right, Corey. Well, uh, how was your weekend? It was uh, pretty busy. Yeah. Um, we were, I went golfing on Saturday. Uh-huh. Yeah, went down to Becker, met my college roommates while we were down there. Sure. Um, while we were there, we were trying to decide, are we going to walk 18? Mm-hmm. Are we going to get carts? What are we going to do? Yeah. Um, we got golf scooters. Okay. Um, and that's exactly what they sound like. They're scooters that are uh, for your golf bags. And you, like, straddle the golf bag. The club head is, like, right in front of you. Sure, sure. Um, the club heads are right in front of you. Whatever. They're super fun. Everyone looks at you like, um, what are you doing? Did mm-hmm. you get these here? They were only, like, $7 more than a regular cart. It was totally worth it. They were really, really fun. They don't go, like, amazingly fast, but they, like, probably as fast as a regular cart. And we cruised up and down that course. They're so fun. I yeah. can't recommend it enough. So if you ever go someplace and they have these scooters for you to rent for your bags, 100% do them. They're really, really fun. Then yesterday, uh, uh, my youngest turned one. So we had oh, a one-year-old right. birthday party. And then um, my wife hit her funny bone so hard she fainted. What? So that was my weekend. <laughs> what? What? How? Um, she was sitting in the recliner, tried to pull the, the foot rest up. Okay. Bashed her elbow. Sure. Into the end table. We've all been there. Into the funny bone, right into the funny bone. And she goes, am I going to faint? And then she fainted. What? Yep. What? Yep. That's what happened. That was, so that was my weekend. Did anybody I'm... faint in your house this weekend? No, but <laughs> dang, is she okay? Yeah. Oh yeah. She's fine. Yeah. It just, it was such a sharp pain, she said, that it was like, there was just nothing. Your body just went into shock for a second. She started to, um, uh, like, lean forward to kind of help blood flow. Uh-huh. Just sitting in the recliner. And then she kept going. And then she kept going. And our newly minted one-year-old was sitting at her feet. Yeah, just chilling. And I was like, she's going to roll, she's going to somersault directly on him. And we don't need that to happen. So that's the quickest I've ever moved ever in my entire life. I picked him up, and then I, like, sat her up. Mm-hmm. And um, she kind of came to, like, what the heck just <laughs> happened? Um, eventually, she told me, she like, she was dreaming. She thought, I mean, according to her, she was out for, it could might as well have been, like, 20 minutes. But it was maybe, you know, 10 seconds, something like that. Yeah. She finally, like, uh, came to. <laughs> And I go, yes, you are going to faint. <laughs> <laughs> Can confirm. It was it was wild. I've never seen that before. And apparently that's a thing that, like, the pain was such a sharp pain that she just felt her blood pressure drop and there was nothing she could do. Uh, yeah, it sounds science enough to be true. Uh, out she goes. Yeah, well, glad everybody's okay. Jeez. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty darn good story, though. Yeah, that was my, so that was my weekend. All right. Well, I don't think uh, I don't think I have anything that tops that. That's uh, that's good because if you had anything that topped hitting your funny bone and fainting, 
Someone would be in the hospital, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, no, we, we don't need that. Uh, so the Twins, Corey, gets swept by the Royals over the weekend. They yeah. have now lost five in a row after winning four in a row. They no yeah. longer have the best record in baseball since the All-Star break. Right. They still, though, have a half-game lead in the American League Central because I believe Cleveland split in a series with the Gardos. Yep. Or uh, the Gardos split in a, fl- a four-game series with the White Sox over the yep. weekend. Yep. So... Uh, Twins still in first place. Uh, I mean, the series is bad. Uh, there's one. There's a couple ways to look at it. One is just the continued, you know, things that have always gone wrong for the Twins team, mm-hmm. and now the pitching's regressing a little bit. Uh, Duran giving up a walk-off grand slam to Bobby Witt Jr. That'll do it. Um, there are a few things we could talk about. Uh, there's also the flip, the the other side of the coin, which is, you know, Atlanta did get swept by Oakland in Oakland earlier in the season. Sure. Uh, Kansas City also was the first, they were the last team in baseball to win three games in a row. They accomplished that feat yesterday for the first time this season. Right. Uh, there's, I mean, whatever, there's that aspect of it. I think it probably just rolls into this next thing, kind of projecting forward. Does this change your view of the Twins' deadline approach? Do you think that they shouldn't buy any pieces at all and rather sell pieces at the deadline and just cross your fingers and hope you still make the playoffs? Well, I would like to address one thing you said, and that Atlanta got swept by Oakland at some point mm-hmm. during the season. I think it was in late April, early May. And around the- what is Atlanta's record? Uh, Are well, they still the best team in baseball? They're up there. Mm-hmm. So that one I'm willing to take with a grain of salt. Yeah. It was the end of April. They're like, you know, not even a month into the season. Right, mm-hmm. they're w- just mere weeks into the season, and you lose to Oakland, and now you're the one of the best teams in baseball. That's, I'm willing to take that one. Like, okay, they're trying to figure out the this whole thing. Yeah, um, losing to Kansas City is is problematic like this, but also right on par for what they've done all season. They're a 500 baseball team. And what do 500 teams do after winning four in a row? They lose four in a row. And in this case, five. Oh, and in this case, five. And they were in Kansas City. Yeah. 500 teams do not win on the road. Yeah. They just don't. Um, these are all glass half full, obviously, perspectives. To answer your question, though, to get to that, no, man, they got to buy. They they have fully committed to this team being relevant now. Mm-hmm. It's, we'll keep coming back to this. Um, two off seasons ago, they... Give Byron Buxton a lot of money. Mm-hmm. This past off season, they give Carlos Correa a bunch of money. Um, they've done everything they can to solidify their starting pitching, which, by all accounts, I think was good again yesterday. Right, two to one final score. Yeah, Kenta threw about five or six innings, two runs. Bullpen did a decent job, but yeah, they have committed to this team for. This year and the next year and the next, like, yeah. this is a three-year commitment to being good. So they they have to try to figure out a way to be, yeah, to be good. They yeah, just I, have to. I agree with you. I mean, I think there's a lot of people on on social media who want to play armchair general manager and they want to pretend like you know if I'm slicing and dicing if I'm franchise mode on MLB the show this is how I'm doing it uh this you know you got to trade Sonny Gray because he's not going to come back maybe even trade Kenta Maeda because he's not coming back next year you know you got to look at all these options and and you just got to deal a bunch of guys and hey it's the AL Central you'll still probably make the playoffs and then you get to kind of add some pieces and 
And look, I get that from a theoretical standpoint, and it's not necessarily wrong, but it's like you said. This team invested in this core. They got to push forward and win. Mm-hmm. And and also, it's just these are human beings in a little bit. It's not like you're playing franchise mode on Madden and you can just trade your team's starting quarterback for four first-round draft picks and build your franchise. In the real world, people get upset and fan outcry and things, and, and that all is an impact. And just the clubhouse morale... Uh, they right. they can't afford to just hey we believe in this team we think you can win by the way the all star pitcher that we have uh yeah we traded him uh right. yeah uh, Kenta Maeda having a nice resurgence uh yeah we traded him too uh, but we still think you guys can win despite the fact that we're getting rid of uh the key pieces of this team and I think the thing about the, the this Twins deadline approach didn't. I was the same last week, and it's the same this week. Mm-hmm. Of you don't need to go like you did last year and go get a starting pitcher, uh, and you don't need to go get uh, a big time reliever. You just need to kind of like supplementary mm-hmm. because it's kind of a dip your. T- it's having your cake and eating it too a little bit. Of get a right-handed bat that can crush lefties because the Twins had against the left-handed pitcher, eight of the nine hitters were right-handed. And the one run came across on one swing from a left-handed hitter in Matt Walner. The Twins have been atrocious against left-handed pitching this season. Right. So you need to go get a right-handed bat that can mash lefties. You also need to just get an extra bullpen arm or two. And it's not like you need to go out and make a Jorge Lopez-like trade where you got to trade for somebody in the back end of your bullpen to be like that Duran compliment. Just trade guys who are competent. Mm-hmm. Get a Michael Fulmer. It doesn't have to be Michael Fulmer, but a Michael Fulmer type. That has been right. kind of the thing. Like Brian Floro, I know he didn't. He had a decent enough Twins debut. He hasn't been spectacular, but he's been fine. Right. And like that's it, guys. Who basically kick Pagan and Moran down the hierarchy to as bottom as you can go, mm-hmm. and just kind of have guys in the middle. That's how the Twins have to attack this deadline. And interestingly enough, uh, maybe the Twins get two right-handed bats. I don't know because. It's just been atrocious. Now, maybe you assume Royce Lewis comes back and that helps some things out, but he's not coming back for a couple more weeks still. Right. So that's you have to kind of go with what you have on the ground right now. There was a piece yesterday by Dan Hayes of The Athletic, and he's pretty plugged in to twin, like where the twins are. He's got a pretty good pulse on that. Yeah. A lot of people have been calling about Gray and Maeda, and for the most part, the twins have said no. Like, we're going to have to be blown away. Like, you're going to have to give us, like, your top prospect for Sonny Gray. Like, they're not willing to trade those starting pitchers, but they have been getting a lot of calls on guys like Matt Walner, Trevor Larnick, Max Kepler. There's a good chance one of those three guys is traded. Joey Gallo probably too, uh, but he's he's more of like a throw-in piece. Well, there's that glut, right? There's that glut of left-handed bats for a corner outfield spot. They've they've got a million of them, and... Mm -hmm. You mentioned Lewis. Uh, Kirilov just went on the DL, but he can run around in the in the outfield. Um, yeah, if that right-handed bat is 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 what we think makes the difference, we talked about it a hundred times. It's it's there's some philosophical issues we think in their approach to hitting that are problematic. That just plugging in a uh, a right-handed version of a guy with the same philosophy probably isn't in the grand scheme of things, that helpful. But if it does mean that they can alternate a little more righty-lefty, righty-lefty, and and make some of uh, those matchups within each half inning, uh, make the other team have to think about it a little bit, like which reliever are we going to go with, rather than they just know they can 
throw their power their their power throwing right-handed against all those left-handed pitchers I, whatever it is um or their power lefty versus all those left-handed batters whatever mm-hmm. um they have more there's the team has more problems than just plug and playing someone into the lineup can fix yeah and that's the big thing i mean the biggest thing at the end of the day now buxton had himself a good weekend but just overall you haven't gotten great seasons from buxton and correa and those are the two guys who you're building your lineup around and disappointing seasons even it's not that it's been like oh they haven't been the superstars we hoped they could be no they've They've been, been disappointing they've been bad and especially to their level, and they'll be the first to tell you that. But the, but the thing is, is they haven't played well. And when you build, that's like uh, that's like the Vikings offense. If they struggle this year, and you had a great season from KJ Osborne, you're like, wow, the Vikings have a couple guys who are playing well. How come they only score ten points a game? Oh well, Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson have stunk this year. Like that's right. when you build your off. Like those are the two guys the Vikings build their offense around. If they struggle, it doesn't matter what everybody else does, and that's. Uh, kind of the point uh, with the Twins. Uh, so let's move on here. we got a few more minutes left, Corey. Yep. And the Vikings announced, speaking of the Minnesota Vikings, they have announced a one-year contract uh, extension, reworking, whatever you want to call it, with Daniil Hunter. He's going to get paid $17 million guaranteed, and he could make up to $20 million with incentives. Uh, I think his current contract, he was going to make like $5 million because of dead cap and the Vikings kicking stuff, moving it down the road, finagling. Daniil Hunter's like, yeah, I'm one of the best pass rushers in football. I'm not getting paid like a replacement level guy. Right. Uh, and so... He came into training camp, though, which was a good sign. He showed up. He's like, I'm going to be a good sport. I'm not going to practice, but I'll be here. You'll know where I am. Mm-hmm. I'll be in the meetings, but I'm not going to get myself hurt. And they came to an agreement. Uh, Hunter, at one point, thought he was going to get traded, according to Ian Rappaport, but eventually the two sides do come to an agreement. Daniil Hunter is going to be with the Vikings throughout this year, and then... He gets himself the big payday he wants. He can fully hit free agency. And if you're the Vikings, you pay a lot of money now, and we'll see how they finagle it with the dead cap and kicking it down the road. But uh, Daniil Hunter's back, and the Vikings get the financial flexibility beyond 2023. So, Corey, what are, what's your uh, kind of outlook on this? Well, the last time we chatted, the, the discussion was, what is the priority list, right? It was, mm-hmm. it was JJ and TJ and Daniil. And um, we both agreed that JJ's obviously the priority, uh-huh. and him not being done yet doesn't change that. Uh, one of the things I don't think either of us talked about with Daniil anyway was like just a really smart one more year for mm-hmm. a guaranteed amount of good money um, on a defense that needs good players. Right. Like this is. I have I have no issues with this Daniil Hunter deal even a little bit. It's it's probably the perfect it's probably the perfect deal. They'll get JJ. That's not They'll get they'll probably get JJ some, and Hawkinson done before the end of August. If something with JJ doesn't ever happen, that is reason to leave this franchise. That's a fireable offense. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it goes to show you though, because there was a lot of people who were talking about short, like, well, yeah, but just, I mean, he's hurt a lot. Maybe you just trade Daniel Hunter. You try and get some draft value. And, and so that's where you get to the point of, like, we talked about with the Twins. Yeah, but 
these guys are human beings, and you can't armchair quarterback yourself. Right. You can't armchair GM yourself. And they're like, yeah, but look at all the value we get in the future, and you're also trying to win right now. They got and, good value with Daniil. Yeah. They, that, they got good value. They're not going to get good value with Whatever third-round pick <laughs> you were going to draft with the draft pick you would get for Daniil Hunter is not going to provide the value that Daniil Hunter will provide you this season. And the Vikings right. still are trying to win. And Brian yes. Flores is trying to get that defense fixed, and you're going to need some pass rushers. I know they signed Marcus Davenport in free agency on a one-year deal, but again, Daniil Hunter led the team in sacks and pressures, and and him and Zadari Smith provided a lot of that pass rush, and Zadari Smith isn't here anymore, so right. you couldn't... How are you going to justify that our defense was going to be better if you're the Vikings without both of your top pass rushers from the year before? Uh, so... I think this is just kind of a move that they had to make. Now, yep. what's interesting is next year, because it's un- this is likely, and we've been saying that maybe for the last couple of years, this is likely Daniil Hunter's last year in, in with the Minnesota Vikings. So I think that is kind of the the thing here is we let Corey go. Uh, is There's a lot of people who want to outsmart the room and be the smartest person in the room and talk about how uh, you know they know and, and, and they can get the value, they can get this, they can get that. But at the end of the day, you still got to try and win games in the here and now, and that's what the Vikings are doing, and props to them for doing it. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Monday, July 31st.